Yeah, I feel like I feel we, like have, we a have a lot, lot of, of overlap. overlap. Yeah, Jinx. Jinx. Ooh, good God. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, our song for sure is uh, Mirrors by Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good song. Yeah. yeah. It is a good song. Yeah. Um, yeah, for anyone that got together in 2012, 2013, like, of course, that's your song, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was just, it was happening, like, right at the start of our relationship. Yeah, and we were so excited for that album to come out, like, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to it. Like, I don't think anyone else really understood understood or yeah. you know how, how much we love justin timberlake and why um but mm-hmm. we, i don't understand how much we love justin timberlake and why yeah i know because then I, that album came out and it wasn't very good yeah yeah i know <laughs> justin timberlake's mirrors part one or part two of that song which one do you prefer if i had to separate them i would take i would keep part one but I think, yeah, I think I together it, it, it works. Yeah, you got to do the full song. I think I always listen to the full, you know, full nine minutes. That's I, I will say like the first part is the one I like remember. And that's the sticky one. That's just like when I think of that song, it's like, it's like you're a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that, yeah. that whole bit, like that's the part I remember. And then I think the second part is like a little too long. It feels like a little, it's kind of like felt a little repetitive but i like how like reflective it is i like how just like hey let's take it down a little bit let's mm-hmm. just like let me just quietly reaffirm my love for you that's really what emotional connectedness does that song have for you guys though i think it's more like the point in time you know yeah. what I, mean? I, I don't i don't know that lyrically it's because I, mean, I don't feel like jonathan is the inspiration for my precious song <laughs> for sure because <laughs> i don't i don't necessarily feel like we're like no mirrors i i <laughs> I, yeah i don't know it's it's it is kind of a weird sentiment to me i i don't feel that way like yeah i mean i do think we're actually like pretty similar now but just because we've been together for yeah, so long yeah yeah but um no i mean i think it's just yeah i think a lot of it had to do with the experience of waiting for that album to come out and uh. um yeah it was something that we did together was like get hyped about that album and when that song came oh. out we were like oh this is so good and uh and i remember when the song came out they released it as like a uh, a snippet on itunes <laughs> and it was like 15 seconds i was like oh this is gonna be really good um, oh, so, so yeah i think it's it was more about the the wow. time yeah well speaking of uh mo- more about the time it's about it's more more it's an appropriate time <laughs> to start the episode click remember that record that you bought me like two years ago well i just remember that it's sitting in the closet so i called you up just to tell you i've been meaning to listen to And then, like, the theme song plays and we, like, pretend the theme song's playing. Uh, wow, what a great theme song. I loved that. Welcome to I've Been Meaning to Listen to That, the podcast where you go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. And, ooh, it's a spooky episode full of spookiness. Ah, a bat. Um, our two guests have, like, sheets over their heads with holes in it. Um, <laughs> I'm and am and boo and bruise <laughs> scream um your host today and uh we got some um we got a very special episode today a very fun 
musical we're talking about today and some very fun guests with a very great fun podcast and uh two people who i look up to two people i really admire and think are really wonderful folks and are just so nice and so generous with their time and their talents and everything like that it's harper thompson and jonathan zavaleta hello for those who might not know uh, can you guys tell us a little bit about your show and like what it is and like what, what you guys do on that show? Yeah. Hawkeyes. Uh, would you like to? Yeah. Well, we go through Ethan Hawke's filmography, uh, film by film, from the first to the most recent. Mm-hmm. And uh, we analyze, we discuss, we have guests, we take our jobs very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're consummate professionals. We surely are. Who learned yeah. that. Ethan Hawke's middle name is Green, about 15 episodes in. <laughs> it's about like 50 episodes of this show where I just learned that fact. So you guys are way ahead of me <laughs> regarding that. That's true. Um, and that's what we do. Yeah, we're on a quest to seek the truest essence of Hawk. Mm-hmm. Up mm-hmm. to this point, do you feel like you've kind of discovered what the true essence of Hawk is? And if so, wh- how would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, I think that he's very passionate about art. You know, like he's not just an actor. I feel like this is like so <laughs> silly to say, but he's he's just he's much more than an actor. He's also a writer, a screenwriter, a director, a musician sometimes. You know, he's he's like very interested in the creative process and in, you know, collaborating with other people, I think. And I I think that's a lot of what drives him. Um, but also, you know, he says like a lot of things that are kind of philosophical and eye rolly, and uh, <laughs> we love that a lot. We love it. Well, like uh, speaking of like art and speaking of like the the love of it, like we are the three of us are podcasters. We have like we do uh, shows and we do like you know we put this thing out in the world and mm-hmm. like because we hope you know people will like enjoy it. We hope people will connect with it, and we hope like what is like what to you is like the your favorite part of doing the show and like, what's like maybe a part that's like, not as like the, the part that people see don't necessarily see. That's like a little more difficult. Um, well, I think for me, I mean, it's been really interesting to learn how to make a podcast because before we started this, I, I didn't know anything about podcasting. I didn't know how they got onto the different places you listen to them. You know, I didn't know how, what equipment you needed. I didn't know, you know, I just didn't, I didn't even know how to like really talk to another person in this kind of format. Um, and I think over the course of, you know, us doing this podcast, I've learned all of those technical skills. And I've also, I think I've gotten a lot better at like interviewing people or, you know, just kind of discussing things with people, um, in a way that's listenable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I've, I've enjoyed that about the podcast and also like we've met so many cool people, uh, that we've had on as guests. Like for me, a lot of the pod, the joy of the podcast is like, you know, I, I listen to so many podcasts and I've been able to just like reach out to people that I love and say, Hey, would you come talk to me for two hours about an Ethan Hawke movie? You know? (laughs) And that's, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you, you are the, the, the guest getter. Yes. I do book the guests. uh, I don't, I personally actually don't, I I just don't listen to that many podcasts. Like I... Mm -hmm. I listen to a couple, but it's like sort of irregular and just like, you know, I'm just not the most avid consumer of podcasts. Uh, I like them, but I just, I'm not as like 
deep in it. Um, so most of the people that you book, I are people that I don't know who they are <laughs> beforehand. Um, but which I feel like is fine because I, I talk to them and I get to know them and, uh, and that's kind of fun too. Like just, just talking to people that you don't know anything about beforehand other than that they, you know, I guess watch the same movie. And yeah, so I, I think that that for me is what I like the most. And the thing that's like nice about like, I, I'm going to speak for myself. The thing that's nice about like a show like this is that music and arts and, you know, like a movie or something like that. That's a great way to like kind of peer into someone's psyche a little bit, peer into someone like kind of understand them a little more because we're we've all witnessed the same thing. And now we uh, like we're bringing our different life perspectives onto it and like we're bringing them together, like kind of like, you know, book club, except like lazier and like, um, <laughs> That's yeah, it's true. like it's uh it's a really like um yeah, and I'm I'm just like like I said, I'm just like very inspired by people who just like want make this stuff because they love it and make it because they want to connect with people and make it because they have an innate curiosity and like they have or they just like want to make something fun or like mm -hmm. good or mm -hmm. wonderful. So that's like really really wonderful. Like their show Hawkeyes, I've listened to a few episodes. We, I've guessed it on an episode. It was a lot mm -hmm. of fun. Yes. We had a lot of fun talking about a not very fun movie. <laughs> um, regression, um, for those who might not know, where... Uh, Which is most people. Satanic cult <laughs> kills a baby. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like let's uh, transition a little more into uh, Little Shop of Horrors. And let's, what are your impressions of this show? What are your impressions of Little Shop of Horrors, like kind of before getting into this experience here? Yeah. So I have never, I had never seen the movie before this, before last night. Um, but we did go to see last year, back when we could go to places. Um, we went to the Pasadena Playhouse to see a production of Little Shop of Horrors that had MJ Rodriguez oh. from Pose as Audrey. T as Audrey. Wow. And um, who else was in it? Um, Someone kind of fade notable was Audrey, too. Yeah, it was uh, Amber Riley from Glee was the voice of Audrey, too. Oh, wow. She was Mercedes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, so that so was... Good. Yeah, that was a really fun show. And I didn't know a lot about it before. Like, I I was familiar with some of the music just because I am into musical theater. Um, so I knew some of the music, but I had never seen the show before. I had never seen the movie before seeing um, that. And so I didn't know, but it was like a very faithful adaptation, I think. A faithful <laughs> yeah, production. Similar, because yeah. then we were watching the movie last night and I was like, oh, this is almost like beat for beat the same. Yeah, I mean, I... It's same basically because i i was also at that play and uh i am not the biggest musical theater person uh not by choice i'm not like uh anti there are some people that are like anti yeah. theater or whatever i'm not that kind of person i just I, it's just not something that i've really connected with that much sure um that's fine yeah but i but i enjoyed the i enjoyed it when i saw it and uh I mean, there it was like par partially like the technical standpoint of it where they had this like the way that they controlled Audrey 2 on stage was just really kind of cool. Uh, at first, it was like basically a sock puppet and then it got like really elaborate and it was huge. I mean, it was really it, big. Yeah, like it seemed like it ended up being like 10 people with different parts of the puppet that they were, you know, controlling. It was, yeah, it was yeah, an amazing. It was very work elaborate. It was a very like serious production. And uh, 
So that was cool. And I, you know, it was fun. I, I like, I, I like the campy elements of it and just like the kind of ridiculousness of it. I, there, I feel like there's a lot of plays that are serious <laughs> <laughs> and they want to tackle the heavy subjects of the day, but this one, uh, emphatically isn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was fun. So Harper, you said you are a super hardcore musical theater fan. Like what, is, what are like some of your favorite shows and what, what about musical theater is like so, you know, magical to you? Yeah, and also, that. have you ever written, uh, <laughs> like your f- thesis paper in college about uh, musical theater as it relates to film and self-reflexivity? Uh-huh. If you could just Ooh. answer that as well. If I could answer that as well, yeah. Um, well, when I was a senior, you in really college, did your research. Wow. <laughs> when I you was should be hosting this show. <laughs> <laughs> I dug deep. Yeah. I found out some some dirt. Yeah, you were there. Um, yeah, I wrote my thesis in in my senior year of college on, uh, it was called from Hedwig to Hairspray, self-reflexivity in the movie musicals of the 2000s. Ah. So yeah, I was like 45 pages about self-reflexivity in the movie musicals of the 2000s. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and what was like kind of like the thesis of this? What was like kind of like the point you were trying to like build towards like with that? To be quite honest, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, I, you know, I had a a good time watching, like, I had watched so many musicals, movie musicals to write that thesis, and I read several books about self-reflexivity in theater and film um, and movie musicals in particular to write this thesis, but it didn't really go anywhere and i can admit that now i'm far enough removed from this thesis that (laughs) i can see that it didn't really go anywhere and uh it's fine it's fine but um yeah no i do love movie musicals though i always have i think like i watched annie the 1980 john houston annie like a million times when i was a kid and that's probably you know where this comes from (laughs) um and I, yeah, I mean, every time there's a movie musical, I'm always excited to see it. Even if it's like nine, you know, that Daniel Day-Lewis movie that everyone hated. I still <laughs> loved it. Like, I love when Fergie yeah. sang Be Italian with the tra- uh, tambourines and whatnot. Like, that was that was so <laughs> fun to me. Yeah, I just love movie musicals. I think there's something so incredible about the way that they subvert the way you expect a movie to normally be. Because most movies are just pretty straight. You know, like you, it's just people playing, uh, you know, the point of a film often is to, you know, capture as close to reality as possible on, on camera. And there are, you know, certain ways that you do that in a straight movie. But then when it becomes a movie musical, you're able to kind of break free a lot of a lot of those, uh, you know, those norms of filmmaking. And you're able to have those times when everything just goes away and there's a musical number, you know, like uh, Razzle Dazzle in Chicago or something where it's like so... You know, it's from it goes from this bleak 1920s Chicago courthouse to like an insane, colorful musical number with Richard Gere, you know, and I I just love I just love that. I think it's so incredible the way that you can just go to a whole other world with music like that. I don't know. I feel like I need more visual cues to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like if it's like two people talking and then someone else comes in and starts talking. 
and then they go away and someone else starts talking and then two more people come in and they're having their own conversation. And then those I, two what people What you're leave. describing sounds riveting. Like, and then that's the first like... person comes back. No, yeah. It, but the problem is that I, I end up getting focused on like, oh, that like chair over there on the stage. It's like really <laughs> nice. That leather looks really nice. And so I, I kind of get like, I kind of get distracted. I kind of like, because I don't have enough visual things to focus on. And I think I end up like... Like, I remember I saw Les Mis like, when I was in high school about, yeah. and I was, like, looking at the band playing mm-hmm. instead of, like, looking at the stage. And I, that's just a problem that I have where I, like, kind of don't – I don't know. It just It's harder for me to, like, engage with a stage the same way that I would a movie where there are, like, mm-hmm. you know, different things going on. So say, like, really quick – Really, really quickly. I saw you. I listened to your invasion episode. And I looked and I watched that little six minute. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And like, I felt the exact same way of like that. There's like all the actions happening here, but I kept wanting to like look over here. Right, right, right. And just right. like look at the sky and like look at like what else. Like, and it was just like, and then it was over. It's like, oh, that was it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you were doing that, if you were. If you were doing that at a play, like just looking up at, at the ceiling and then turning your head around and like checking, you would seem like a big asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so this is a show that I love. You know, this is a show I really, really like. I liked it in high school. Um, and like I was at the time I was like, oh, this is like my favorite musical because I wanted to be like a little fringe, a little like kind of uh-huh. like uh-huh. alternative. <laughs> like, like I love. Yeah, I love, you know, Hamilton, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was like, yeah, Little Shop of Horror is my thing. Like, it's about, <laughs> like, I wanted to be, like, um, I wanted to, like, kind of be a little outside of the fringe and stuff, like, a little bit. But it's, it's also, like, not that fringe. It's not that weird right, <laughs> to right. like Little Shop of Horrors. It's a very popular show. Um, yeah, it's a show I really liked. Um, and then uh, the... Um, I, it was one of my dream, it, it was and is like one of my dream roles. Like I used to do musical theater. I used to like sing and stuff like that. Um, but like, and that's a role I feel like I could definitely like work. To- I, I don't think I'm there yet, but that's a role I definitely feel I could work towards doing one day. The music's really good. Like the puppetry is like, I was like very drawn to the puppetry and uh-huh. how like intricate and weird the puppetry is and like how kind of like, dark it was and i was like super like into like 80s comedy back then in like high school and like i love steve martin i loved like you know bill murray and whoever and just like that was like my and then like the other like uh the last like preconceived notion before going into it this time though was um uh two years ago i went to karaoke with some friends uh when that was allowed and we um i picked suddenly Seymour to sing. Uh-huh. And then I, we were like me and a f- friend were singing that song together and like doing a duet. And then I was like reading the lyrics for the first time in like maybe like five years. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, <laughs> like out of context it just like some of the lyrics felt a little like, Oh, this is like the nice guy masquerading. Like, right. kinda, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so like watch. So this time going in this time, I was a little worried. I was a little worried, like, oh, what if this doesn't hold up? What if this is like kind of gross and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like that's so that's my preconceived. Those are my preconceived notions. Let's quickly go through the plot of this musical. Uh, there's this guy named uh, what's it Seymour. He lives on Skid Row. He's a very poor guy. He's adopted by like this Mushnik character. 
he's like he took him in, but like still like kind of makes him work in the shop and treats him like crap. It's a it's a flower shop on Skid Row. Yeah, he works at a flower shop, which is see, feels like not a winning business model. <laughs> <laughs> There's this woman named Audrey, uh, played by Ellen Green, uh, and uh, she basically is abused by her sadistic dentist boyfriend. And, like, she keeps coming to work with, like, black eyes, and she keeps, like, you know, she's, like, very afraid of him and, like, uh, keeps, like, you know, she makes excuses, but also she's, like, clearly just afraid of him. Um, so they sing a song called Skid Row. It's great. And then um, <laughs> uh, Seymour picks up a plant, needs blood to live, so um, he names it Audrey too. Um, after Audrey, like, which is a very sweet thing to do. Do you think that's? <laughs> do you think that's a sweet thing to do? Like, do you think like if like maybe like a work friend came into like your job and said like, "Hey, I got this new tulip. It's called Harper Junior." <laughs> would would that be something you would like kind of enjoy? I, I mean, I think I would probably find it funny, but I think in the context <laughs> of this movie, he meant it in a in a romantic way, and she seemed to like that. So. Mm-hmm. Whatever yeah. works for them. I guess you know? so, yeah. The plant starts attracting business. Mm-hmm. Immediately, right, yeah. the second they put it out in the window, yeah. someone comes in and says, hey, tell me about that interesting plant you got there. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, Christopher, Christopher Guest. Guest. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's so funny. I'm um, just like, I saw that there was a plant. While I'm here, I'll buy a da, 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 da. Like, just like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. so funny. I'll buy $50 it's worth so... of roses. Uh, let's make it 100 Yeah, there's a very fun rhythm to the dialogue in this movie. But, like, you know, the plant's dying. It's, like, wilting and stuff like that. Even, um, so... Yeah, it's basically... Audrey 2 is basically, like, a drama queen. Every time (laughs) that it'll it'll look vibrant and then uh, Mm -hmm. Seymour will say something, it'll flop over, basically, to get his attention. So he can... And he learns uh, from a cut on his finger that Audrey 2 has a taste for blood. So then, like, uh, Audrey 1 regular Audrey uh, <laughs> sings a song like like somewhere that's green. She dreams of a life with Seymour. She dreams of a little more. Yeah, like a house with some like dyed green grass and a Tupperware yeah. party and an animated And a matte painted sky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the plant gains more and more notoriety. Like they go on a radio show. And it also um, keeps getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it keeps getting bigger. She, he keeps feeding it blood. We meet the dentist. He's a piece of shit. He's played by Steve Martin. <laughs> He's like a very sadistic dentist. And like, uh, it's a great bit, by the way. It's a great, like, kind of like a comedic angle of like, first of all, like an Elvis impersonator, like yeah. where yeah. like his laughing gas makes him do Elvis noises. Like the ho, 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 ho. Like, <laughs> do, that's so funny. That's such a, and then just like, oh, what, what do you teach if you're raising a sadistic, like cruel child, what profession do you lead him towards? <laughs> oh, dentistry. Like that makes that's like so funny, and that's such a funny take. That number, that dentist number, actually reminded me a lot of in Rocky Horror Picture Show when Meatloaf uh, appears. Uh-huh. Um, that uh, he does is it a hot patootie. Because it's the same yeah, kind of like yeah, 50s it kinda, style. It does kind of remind me of that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where like, you know, uh, aviator glasses, leather jacket, riding on a motorcycle, uh, 50s vibe. But also like, it would be funny if he was just like kind of a wacky dentist who likes pain, but he's also like abusive. He's also like, you know, he hits Audrey one and like he like kind of like is like controlling and like curts and like shitty yeah. and stuff like that. Not a nice dude. So then the plant comes to life, you know, like the plants, like 
drooping again. And like, I was, ah, I'm, uh, Seymour's like, ah, I'm out of blood. Come on. And then like the plant talks, he, he's, he has this very deep, like feed me Seymour. Like he has a very like deep, yeah. Played by Levi Stubbs. Um, he has this very deep voice and very like, he convinces like Seymour to, he needs blood to live. He needs, so, but he needs more than like what Seymour's giving him. So he's like kind of convincing him to murder and then in return, I'll give you success. I'll give you blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then Seymour's like, I don't know about this. And then he sees the dentist slap Audrey and he's like, yeah, actually like maybe like let's, let's kill this de- Like that, that's someone who deserves to die. Oh, there's a whole Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Murray. Yeah. yeah. Bill Murray yeah. shows up. He and plays he, Arthur Denton. Yes. And he, uh, <laughs> he's, he likes being tortured basically yeah he's really into dental pain yes and uh and steve martin basically like kicks him out of his office because he wants to he wants people to suffer he it's not good enough for for someone to enjoy it he needs them to actually feel pain Mm -hmm. and this this whole number just exists to like just be to have Steve Martin like in Bill Murray in a kind of sexual position in a dentist <laughs> yeah, chair. Yeah. Yeah. It exists to just like be silly and ridiculous. Cause yeah. it's not like you actually don't need it. Like we get, we get what his deal is, you know, it's just for fun basically. Mm-hmm. Um, well in the original, like little shop of horrors, I watched that too. In addition to this, like there is that Bill Murray character is like kind of like, um, a homage to, Jack, Jack Nicholson in his first movie role, uh-huh. he played the sadistic, he played like the masochist, like dental patient who loves, you know, like going to a dentist and like loves like, right, getting his right. teeth pulled out. That's funny. Um, Yeah. Like it's very, it's like so funny. And like, it's also like a great like tension cutter from the previous scene of just like, you know, I'm going to, we're going to like plan to murder this guy and like stuff like that. Um, And also I like it as like, you know, Steve Martin kind of like meeting his match and getting a little bit of karma of Mm -hmm. just like, just like cosmic karma of like, I like inflicting pain on people in my life. And here's someone who doesn't get the, he's not yielding the results I want. So like, this is like frustrating me and stuff like that. So he's getting a little karma before he gets a lot of karma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Seymour has a gun. Um, the dentist, like, puts on some laughing gas, you know, but he like breaks the handle and he, he dies himself. So then Seymour chops up the body. Um, Mushnik sees Seymour chop up the body. Yeah. And he's like very surprised and stuff like that. He feeds him to the plant. Um, Seymour feeds the chopped up dentist to the plant. And um, now that the dentist is gone, uh, Seymour and uh, Audrey one like sing suddenly Seymour uh, it's very romantic. They kiss each other and like, um, <laughs> <laughs> very romantic. They kiss each other and, um, it's, it's great. Um, and then Mushnik discovered Mushnik confronts, um, Seymour and then like says like, I know you, I saw you kill that person. I saw you chop up that body. You know, you're going to jail, but actually maybe let's, while you run away and I'll keep the plan and make money. And yeah. then like, the plant eats Mr. Mushnik. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the plant keeps grow. The plant keeps growing. You know, there, he becomes more famous. Seymour becomes more famous. Um, Seymour's promised a lot of money and Seymour is like, 
you know, this plant thing's getting out of hand. Like maybe we should just take this money and like leave Skid. We could finally like leave Skid Row. And then um, Audrey too is like, I don't know about that. And so he calls Audrey one on the phone and says like, that's the part of the movie that's a little that strains a little credulity or just like uh, that's the part someone someone <laughs> calling you on the phone like Jonathan if like someone called you on the phone is like hey, whoa, whoa, just like doing like that deep voice like thing and like oh it's Harper you know like he went like that's the part that's like kind of weird um but like um Audrey two like Audrey one like goes into the um shop the plant tries to eat her um Seymour saves audrey and then like audrey's like i would love you even if you weren't a famous person and that's very sweet and uh then the guy come jim belushi comes <laughs> yeah yeah jim so belushi basically shows plan, up and their plan is to just leave and they're like he's like you know the plant will die on its own if i don't feed it so it'll be fine like let's just get out of here leave the plant and whatever it'll die and it'll be fine but then Belushi shows up and it's like, oh, we're going to give you some money and we're going to take clippings and uh, there's a word for it. Propagate. Propagate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to propagate yeah. the plant and we're going to sell it, put it in every home in America. And he's like, every yeah. home in America? <laughs> Mr. That's Mushnick. a really good Moranis. Every home in America. <laughs> and he's like, Aww, yeah, do every, we? every home in America. And, uh, and uh, he's like, all right. So he realizes he has to I, he decides he has to kill the plan, right? Doesn't he? Yeah. That's yeah. the only way to that's the only way to stop Audrey too. They sing I'm a mean green mother from outer space. Yes. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah. Um, that, okay, the they, plants he has like little like his his big like, tulip head. Mm -hmm. And then he has a little tulips on the side and they're all like vocalizing, harmonizing with the big uh, head, which I really yeah, yeah, I really fun. enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. And then like uh he kills him with electricity. He just like puts a electrical thing at him and like he blows audrey two blows up um and then like uh seymour and audrey move to like their the somewhere that's green home uh, but then if you if you might have if you caught it mm -hmm. there's a little audrey two like a little one a little audrey like three maybe up from the green and then like he smiles and then yes. the movie's over gives the most evil smile i've ever seen mm -hmm. oh, uh, that smile is like so like because that's the cool thing about that plant is like it's so expressive when it's just mm -hmm. like a flap. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like ugh, it's a it's has as much vocal range as a sock puppet, but it manages to communicate yeah. a lot. Like, like with um. So this is this movie was directed by Frank Oz, who was like one of the key members of the Muppets, like one of the key creative. Right. So this is like the um the advancement in puppetry and animatronics is so incredible on Audrey too. It is like, yeah, mm -hmm. it looks, first of all, it can, because like when like Kermit or whatever, he could kind of like do that one. Yeah. Well, you could also, he, he also no smiles really. too. He also kind of has like, you can make the, him kind of smile or frown, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And like, he has like different lip movements yeah, too. Yeah. So he could like make an O sound and an A sound and like all that stuff. And the inside of his mouth looks wet you know yeah which mm -hmm. is kind of crazy and like there's a intricate tongue and like the there's sprouts going out of the pot and everything and it must like take like 50 like 20 people to operate this puppet yeah uh it's it's very incredible 
Um, so what were your, what were your, like, um, let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about like takeaways before and themes before like going into like songs we like and stuff. Like what, what do you feel like were some takeaways and themes you kind of picked up on this musical? Well, my impressions were not that deep. I thought, uh, I was just thinking about how, um, what's his name? Seymour looked like Jack Antonoff. <laughs> Like Fred Armisen or Jack Antonoff. He's got, he's like, he's got the baseball cap. He's got the, like the thick sunglasses (laughs) and another sunglasses, thick, like uh, horn rimmed eyeglasses. Yeah. Yeah. And like the Harrington jacket. Like he looks like he's on his way to produce a Lord album. (laughs) But he is busy, he's like, like, murdering people. He's like the Pokemon, like, first evolution, like, in the second evolution's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that 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 was, that was like, literally my first note. It was like, oh, he looks like Jack Antonoff. Yeah. And I was just, like, I was just, I took note of all the, like, yeah. The one thing that was different, though, I remember, because I remember from the play when we saw it, they were a lot more explicit in the ending. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but basically what they did was they had... They had a little like backdrop where you see the houses, like houses lit up and you see the windows are lit up. Right. And then you see the plants sprouting in all the windows. So they're much more explicit that like the plant has taken over the world and is going to eat everyone. And here they just kind of like literally just like smile at you and tell you like, oh, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe. But the play was a lot more like. No, everybody died. The plants won, <laughs> yeah. and the plants ate everybody, mm-hmm. which is kind of which is kind so, of a funny, yeah. Because they had like they had a closing song. I remember in the play, I think when we went to yes, see it, yes. that is about like, and then everyone died. Mm-hmm. This like kind of segues nicely into like my what I like was kind of taking away from it. Of, um, so what happened? What happened? And why the mu- movie is different from the musical is because. They filmed an original ending with what you described of mm-hmm. um so when like uh Audrey two tries to eat Audrey one, he kills her, you know? Right. And then before Audrey one dies, she says, Feed me to the plant so that you can grow you can like, you know, become more successful. You can like, you know, get out of this town and you could blah 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 blah. And then but it's okay because I'll be somewhere that's green and it's like morbid, like right, right, you know, right, poetic irony and stuff like that. And then, so Seymour like feeds it to the plants, and then he leaves the building to jump off the the roof. Then then the Jim Belushi character, like or like a uh, someone who played that same role, like is like I'm go I'm gonna cut this off and we're gonna like distribute Audrey choose all over the world. Yeah, and then like. Uh, Seymour tries to like, you know, kill the plants um, and they still sing green mother from outer space. Um, but they still, but then like, um, you know, Seymour gets eaten and he dies mm-hmm. and then the plant gets distributed to like the rest of the world. And like, it's, it becomes like a, like a disaster movie of just like everyone like running away from like, just like giant plants taking over the world and stuff like that. And um, when, so they, so they screen test that ending. You know, mm-hmm. people were enjoying people were enjoying the movie up to the point. They love Skid Row. They were cheering at the end of like, you know, suddenly Seymour. They're like, yeah, love is real. They were all like doing all that. And then 
they the ending happened and they're like all so mad and they're all like so <laughs> upset. Like they're like, boo, this sucks. Why would you do this to us? So they changed the ending, you know, well, to that very happy ending. Yeah. Of just like where I think initially it was supposed to be like a Greek tragedy, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like a Greek tragedy about maybe not e- explicitly in these words, but capitalism about just like um Seymour needing to literally give his life force to feed this thing, you know. Yeah. And the thing the the plant promises him like your girl the girl your dreams, you know, success, money, you know, a way out of this hell hole. And then but it ends up consuming you and ruining everything and ruining your conscience and also like <laughs> the world. Like yeah. the product yeah. ru- the product is bad too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. like a cautionary yeah. tale. Yeah. So like um yeah. hearing that, like what do you what would which of those two are like kind of like more appealing to you, like based on like uh, yeah, because I do remember the play, like the ending feeling pretty dark and being like, wow. And uh <laughs> I guess I mean I don't know, it makes sense for for I feel I don't know, I kind of feel like theater going people can handle a <laughs> little darkness. more a little more of an edgy ending than maybe like the average moviegoer is looking for. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, I liked this. I liked this movie ending. Mm-hmm. I, Cause I, I, I love the look of that. Like, you know, the that's house. somewhere that's greenhouse. Yeah. yeah so it's, yeah. it's cute to see. And them. also, I mean, the ending is like, it's different obviously, but the end result the implication is pretty yeah. clear. The implication is like this plant is out to get you. It's too late. Yeah. So there's still a little bit of like, even though it's a happy ending, there's still, it's like the ending of like a horror movie where like, you know, the, like we finally defeated the big evil. And then like, he's like at the very end, it, it's there. Yeah. Like, so there's mm-hmm. a little, they, they are still able to retain some darkness with like, even though with like the shiny veneer of like the happy ending. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but yeah, like, so here's my stance on the, the two endings though, is I generally appreciate the, the Greek tragedy of it all. Like kind of like doing like a parable about, you know, consumerism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like all that, I really like it um, in theory, but also like, because Seymour and Audrey one are so likable and lovable and like such a, such sweet people there. What like odd Audrey one, like doesn't deserve, didn't deserve that. You know, right. she deserves the happy ending. I, I mm-hmm. that's why my stance is like, she deserves the happy ending at the end where she becomes like, you know, she leaves the abuser, like the abuser gets taken care of. And then she gets to be happy with someone else, you know, who's like, who respects her, who's nice to her, who's like, you know, sees her soul and stuff like that. And also like the Rick Moranis character isn't that insidious, you know, he's not Mm -hmm. that because he didn't act. He wanted to kill the dentist, but he didn't didn't actually do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, And then when Mr. Mush, I think the plant would have eaten there is like the whole like the come on song like the uh summertime song like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. plant is still like saying like come on like what about audrey what about this what are they like it's like kind of his conscience a little bit but also like 
in action, like Seymour doesn't trick Mr. Mushnick. I feel like the plant would have eaten him anyways. Um, mm-hmm. And those are like his two major crimes, really. In the actual musical, like uh, Seymour tricks Mr. Mushnick into looking in the plant. Like, I hid the money in the plant. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I feel like I feel like Seymour is a bit of like a kind of like he's thinks he's a nicer guy than maybe he is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because he is willing to do kind of messed up things to kind of get his singular obsession, which is Audrey Audrey. one. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of it is interesting because like you can kind of look at it a couple of different ways, especially like looking back from a current perspective and seeing like, you know, that maybe he's not, 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 not as like nice. He's a as capital N capital G nice guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If we want to get into that, there's that whole thing in suddenly Seymour where he's talking about like, you know, Oh, take this and wipe your makeup off. And it's like, right. Yeah. Guy, you know, she can, she can still be a nice girl and wear makeup and she can still yeah. love her. And just, she doesn't, you know, the makeup doesn't make her the person that was with the dentist. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And just like, there's like the, like, Oh, when you're with me, there'll be no handcuffs. Just like stuff. Like, I know like he was like using it to like the, the dentist was like being, bad about it like yeah. he was like doing like he was being he was doing like a christian gray type of thing but like <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like uh i think like he like it's like instead of like it's like just like training it for like just vanilla or like not even vanilla like the plain frozen yogurt flavor <laughs> a little bit um, yeah i mean i think he yeah, kind I, of has this idea of like what she's like and maybe just sure. wants her to fit into that mold more than because she does kind of like acquiesce a little bit she's not like totally emphatic the entire time about this kind of life that he wants to live and she's kind of you know she kind of is like all right that's fine i guess you know yeah like there's the lyric and suddenly seymour like i'll snap he'll snap his fingers me i'll say sure you know yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah um I, like I see, I I totally get, I see all of that, and I I like will concede those points. But I I do think he's nice. Like I think he's a nice guy. Like also Rick Moranis, just the way he plays Seymour <laughs> yeah. is so yeah. like like that's the that's the thing about that's weird about the new adaptation is like they make it <laughs> like they think like just putting like glasses on like you know a hot guy it's like Seymour <laughs> <laughs> you know just like yeah. Um, like like are you, Jake Gyllenhaal are or you just like Jonathan Groff. That, are you implying that Rick Moranis is not hot? <laughs> That's the other thing. The, like the, I think them Rick Moranis is kind of hot in this movie. Like I think he exudes this energy that's just like you know especially when he's singing and when he's like kind of doing the i don't know like doing that whole <laughs> bit like it's like there is like um rawness to his like kind of like even though like there is definitely like uh he's hamming it up he's definitely like playing like <laughs> uh at the end of like uh supper time he d- he makes this face where he's like <sighs> Just like that's like it's supposed to be his like intimidating face. Yeah. Um but like I think like he I don't know, I just think the way he carries himself is just like kind of like appealing and like definitely like I see why like out uh 
uh, Audrey might like him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. He does. He yeah, definitely he does. Like a it's cutie. a charming performance. I feel he's like a cutie. He's a charm. He's a charmer. Um, I just, the line that's really nice is just like, you know, I respect you and I always have, you mm-hmm. know, that's like a genuine thing. That's good. And like, that's, I think that's the other thing about like capital G, like lowercase nice guys. It's just like, <laughs> I saw this like status the other day of just like, girls actually like nice guys, but like if you're the way you're acting is like so shitty, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you're not as nice as you think you are. Like right, I right, think, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, if you put conditions on your being a nice guy, that's right. That's yeah. when it yeah, becomes exactly. a problem. I also like, I just like the way that he talks in this movie. It's just like his exaggerated accent. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mushnik. <laughs> it's just fun. Aw, Tui. Ah, Tui, you ate yeah. him. <laughs> you, you trap, you flap, you, it's open. <laughs> so fun. You talk, um, Tui. <laughs> yeah, I also really love uh, Audrey's voice. Yes, yeah. She has, yeah. She has, she has like, an incredible cartoon character yeah. voice, too. Yeah. When I was like a teenager, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> but like now, like, I think like there's a YouTube comment that like made this point of just like she has three different voices of the the very meek, naive, like, sure, Mr. Mushnik, like kind of like that yeah, mm, yeah, voice. Yeah. And then she has a, like she has like the like raspy, like kind of like in between voice. And then she has this very like powerful belt mm-hmm. that's just like mm-hmm. full of yearning and vulnerability and pain and like it's just like the um i get we could get into like highlights like by the way mm-hmm. uh i just i love suddenly seymour i think that song's good yeah. i think it's so much fun I, like <laughs> yeah it's, it's fun just song. like it's um it's audrey it's ellen green who just like yeah makes that performance transcend into something else because that that when you as written there's not as much there Uh Mm -hmm. there's not that much there um but like ellen green like puts herself in that character and like puts so much like pain and so much like and plays the reality of her situation with integrity even though it's fictional and heightened she plays that character with a, a level of integrity oh like oh this person has actually been abused this person has actually been like gone through some shit and like has seen some shit and like still tries to like be good and nice to people, you know, mm-hmm. like still tries to be like, and she doesn't even want that much out of life. She just wants a moderately better home, you know, and like not to struggle in poverty every single day. Like that's it. That's it. Yeah. Like she doesn't want, like she's not greedy, nothing like that. Yeah, I just love that character. I love that song. I just like it. Think it's like such a great like, you know, her coming out of her shell moments. Like her kind of like, I I love the line. Just like, please understand, this is all strange and frightening for like losers like I've been. It's so hard to like say. Like just like the idea of like, you know, p- someone who's been abused. Like it's hard to like take love that way. It's hard to take earnest love in a very like because up to that point you felt like you've deserved being treated poorly you know mm-hmm. like that's that's something i i kind of understand too or just like you know with some emotional abuse in the past or just like it's hard for me to like just like strap straightforward love like that like it's very like scary but like seymour is like encouraging her to like it's okay it's okay like 
you know, that's really lovely and sweet. So, yeah. I don't know. And I think one of the things that's really great about musicals, you know, going back to what we were talking about before, is that like it allows characters to kind of just fully come out with their emotions and what they're feeling and thinking yeah. like this, like in song form. Whereas like if it was not a musical, you know, it's, it's kind of a, an unusual conversation to have yeah, like, Oh, is, yeah. you know, these are all of the things that I'm thinking and all the things I'm feeling and I'm going to share them with you. Um, in a musical characters are like given permission to do that in a way that yeah. you're not in a, in a straight movie. Yeah. And because like, um, like there's like the saying about musicals, it's just like, you know, where do you put a song? You put a song where, you know, where their feelings are have gone so strong mm-hmm. that the only way they could logically express it is through song. Yeah. And with this song in particular, Suddenly Seymour, what's incredible about it is they're singing. They're, those feelings have reached a boiling point for the both of them. You know, they both are just like bursting forth with joy and bursting forth with just like, their love being requited, you know, and it's just like a really also the harmonies like are just great. And like the backgrounds, the, the three chorus members, like the three, like, you know, girls who like yes. sing in the chorus, like I love them being in the background. Too. And I want to talk about them really quickly. Their names are yeah, Crystal, yeah, Ronette and Chiffon, which I love a lot because those are the names of like three of the big girl groups from the sixties. The Crystals, the, sh- oh, the wow. Chiffons and the Ronettes are like, you know, uh-huh. those were the big girl groups that are named after them. And I think that's just like such a smart choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. That's all. That's all I had to say about them. I love them. I think they're great. And I think they do like add some good depth and flavor to the, to yeah, the musical yeah. numbers. Yeah. Because they pop up a few different times. They're like in the first early on mm-hmm. in the, in the, mm-hmm. they're yeah. singing about Skid Row and all that. And I think that's a fun number because there's a lot of, there's kind of a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different people yeah. singing different lines and stuff, which I, which I thought was fun. Yeah. And they do a thing I really love, which is when people stand in the middle of the street and all of traffic stops and everyone's like <laughs> looking up to the sky and singing in unison. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I love that in a musical, you know? And, um, yeah, it's just like, uh, the girls that th- were like the three girls, like they like, do a great job of like tone moderation, you know, mm-hmm. of just like they set up the like the little shop of horror song is like, oh, this is the type of musical you're in for. And then just like Skid Row, they kind of like they heighten like um, suddenly Seymour into this euphoric thing. And then they like, you know, make uh, they help make uh, supper time kind of eerie and spooky and stuff right, like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. They help moderate the tone in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, just like fill out the tertiary roles are just like, hey, you kids, get out of my house. And then the three girls are like, ah, the uh, being on Skid Row is sure hard. And then they <laughs> sing Skid Row. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what are some highlight songs for you guys? Like, what what songs did you enjoy? I think I like the green. Somewhere mean, that, uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Whatever his, whatever that song was. Yeah, the somewhere that's green or no, like the green mean. Uh, I'm a mean green. Oh, I'm just a mean green mother. My yeah, 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 yeah. I think that that was that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I just like just the uh, Audrey Two's voice is just so like, feed me. It's it's just <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I do I do like kind of everyone's like exaggerated voices. It's just kind of a fun touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like Somewhere That's Green a lot. I thought that was a really nice song. I just like mm-hmm. 
It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, she's dreaming of something and I think that's nice. I liked the lyrics. I liked, and I think her voice is so incredible. It's a, you know, particular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, uh, it's, I just like that her kids, like their kids like look exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so funny. <laughs> like, I like the girl has like the blonde wig. Mm -hmm. Um, um, any other like, uh, any other highlights, any other like songs that like were like super notable for you guys? I don't know. I think those no, are, yeah, I mean, I the, those songs are all pretty solid. Yeah. So. It's, it's a, it's a yeah. really good collection of songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alan Menken, like just one of like his uh -huh. early musicals he's ever, he's done. Um, yeah. Um, let me see what else is there. Um, <laughs> oh, the dentist song. We forgot. I forgot about that. Um, that was just, a, that was like, once again, just Steve Martin, like play, like using his comedy abilities to like, you know, make the, like make the character exaggerated and like yeah, big yeah. and like hamming it up, but also like having genuine menace, like, and genuine, like, oh, this guy's unhinged. And like, this guy's like, and also like. You're never like, oh, but I liked him, you know, <laughs> like, oh, man, he, he died. Like, oh, you know, um, I think just like the way the number is choreographed is so incredible. Um, just like his um, his weird. Just like Andrew Dice Clay, like Conan dance moves. Um, uh, just like um I also just loved like the reveal of like, yo, he's all doing this for his mom. Who's like a Catholic school teacher like that, <laughs> like that little detail is like so revealing. Yeah. And, like that, are, like they don't like, they just like, I think they don't give like a lot of like backstory for these characters they, or they don't make it like text per se, but mm -hmm. like, right. just like little details like that with all the characters. The fact that Audrey has like these like, magazines like these sharper image magazines of just like better homes and like you know nice appliances and that's what she's like dreaming about and just like details like that like make the care even though they might textually they might not be hugely deep characters they mm -hmm. like feel real they feel very and also even though they're heightened too yeah um yeah. so yeah yeah definitely and i mean i think it's you know I, I think there's like a benefit to storytelling sometimes when you're just doing like a specific time, you know, like this movie is telling the story of the time that Seymour got this plant that was dangerous and uh, he got into some crimes because of it, you know, and this is that's the story that they're telling there. And, you know, there's more going on, but like that's the, the time that they're telling the story. So they don't really need to give you too much beyond that. Like mm -hmm. they do feel like real characters, but you don't need to like have a flashback to his time in the orphanage, you know, or you don't need to right, have right, like right. a flashback to, you know, Steve Martin as a child in a Catholic yeah. school. You don't like need that to like know who to understand yeah. these characters yeah. and their role in the story. Yeah, definitely. And the songs themselves do the heavy lifting too. Mm -hmm. of just like, Audrey saying like daddy left early mama was poor like that's all you really need to know and the way the way she's selling it just you could sense there's history there you, know, you don't need more than that yeah um also just like I just like how um really fast like this is the last thing I'll say about this is just like I like how like short it is you know I like mm -hmm. just like how mm -hmm. it's just like the 
there's no like filler really with this musical. Like that's the thing that I prefer with this show, the movie than the musical is in the musical. There are just like some numbers that feel less necessary. Uh-huh. Uh, just like close for a renovation is just like them saying like, we're getting more successful. Da 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 do like, just like, just, you know, that's it. Like, or just like, um, you don't need that necessarily. You can right. just infer mm-hmm. like, and it's just, it's that, uh, Steven Spielberg, like philosophy of just like, um, I'm talking a lot, but I, I apologize. I love this. It's, it's your um, podcast. Like, yeah, you should talk a lot. <laughs> um, the idea of just like uh, Steven Spielberg making Indiana Jones is just like, what if we just made a movie where it's all the good parts, you know, where it's all just <laughs> hit, where it's all just like every scene is good. You know, uh-huh. what if we did that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's that's how I feel about this. You right, know? Right. Yeah. It's just like, like, just like immediately after suddenly Seymour, Seymour goes to his bed and like lies down and then Mr. Mushmook is like, I know what you did. Supper time. You know, just like, that's it. Like, that's all you need to do. Like, yeah, uh, you don't yeah. need to like fluff it up with nonsense. Like, um, it's, it's like, I feel like it is filmed like a musical, but like, because it's a movie, it, because it feels, the whole thing feels like a set. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They don't go on location anywhere necessarily. It all feels like. Oh, that wasn't a real no, New York Gilmore. Street. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like very Gilmore Girlsy of just like it's all filmed on like what or like Back to the Future where it's all kind of like filmed on one square, really. Right, right, right. Um, and um, what's it called just like um, yeah, and like just the fe- just like the virtue of just like um. Frank Oz really just knowing where to put a camera or just like, totally. or where to like pan to of just like, um, there's a great shot of just like at the end of somewhere that's green, we pan out from Audrey to like the streets and like we see her in the window and like, that's the end of the song is just like the reality, the cold reality of just like, Oh, like this is, but this is her life. And then it zooms up to like the next song. Mm-hmm. And that, that's so cool. Like, it's just like very, it reminds me of like, you know, a lot of like, Tim Burton stuff and love mm-hmm. like um, Barry Sonnenfeld, like a little bit of Zemeckis too. Um, but yeah, like uh, let's go through some, let's go through some things we didn't like about this musical or like some low lights. Uh, if you want to, yeah. Like what were some things you didn't enjoy about the show? Um, well, I mean, I guess if we're looking at it, you know, this is from 1983, right? So mm-hmm. there's, there's a little, it's, I think it's aged actually pretty well considering and yeah, I've never seen so it before. Too. So I don't have that like attachment, like, Oh, I watched this when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I'm going to forgive it for everything that's wrong with it. You know? Cause I definitely have some movies like that. Um, but since this was my first time seeing it, I do think it's aged pretty well. There's not too much that's like problematic. Um, I will say maybe yeah. like Chang's exotic plants. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that guy. Would, Chang da do like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it really yeah, lays yeah. it on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Thick. They're <laughs> emphasizing it with like his, you know, like Fu Manchu and his outfit. And you know all that stuff. It's yeah. a little, It'll, a little, maybe a little, a little yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, kind of some of that stuff we mentioned about like Seymour and Audrey and like the you know like politics there. But again, that's like not yeah. even that bad, I don't think. So I think in general, with regard to being problematic, I don't think it is very bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a pretty like. Uh, besides like those elements like it's a pretty tightly constructed movie I feel like it seems like everything that's everything was kind of an intentional choice you mm-hmm. know in the way that 
it all it all goes together very well. So I, I don't think there's anything to me that felt out of place. The one thing that felt like uh, the one thing that seemed unnecessary was the the uh, Steve Martin Bill Murray bit. But it's just like it's fun enough on its own that you can excuse the <laughs> fact that it doesn't need to be there. You know what I mean? Like you don't need that scene, mm. but it's like it's fun enough to watch that you're yeah. fine with it being there. It was yeah. like the mid eighties and they wanted Steve Martin and Bill Murray to do something. Silly, yeah, exactly. You know? like, yeah. You, you could, you could see it as a highlight for that reason. So, yeah. Um, like, <laughs> uh, uh, just, um, mean green mother is a little like, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. It just feels a little like, um, I don't know. I, I, this is the one I kind of like am least kind of drawn to, I guess, a little bit. It's not not that it's bad at all. I um, think it has a little bit of like end of the movie uh, fatigue to it. Uh-huh. I think like when, you know, you've kind of been watching the movie this long and it's like, OK, I get it. Like he's a big mm-hmm. green alien thing. <laughs> Let's, you know, it does have a little bit of that too. It reminds me a lot of like when you're watching Rocky Horror and it's 2 a.m. and you're getting to the end of it and you're like, <laughs> okay, like Rose tint my world. I get it. Like, let's get outside of this house and mm-hmm. do the spinny yeah. thing and let's just, let's just do this, you know? I feel, and I feel like the, the fact that he's from outer space isn't, a big reveal really it's not that yeah. it's not that like big of a revelation like he's from he's an alien like that's not no one in the audience is going that like yeah um, <laughs> uh yeah and just like it feel it feels like kind of rushing people out the door like look we gotta finish the movie <laughs> um a little bit and then there's also like uh it feels a little derivative from um supper time and um you know, mm-hmm. the two other big Audrey two numbers of just uh-huh. like feed me and supper time. Just like, it feels like very, it doesn't feel different enough from those two songs that like, you know, make it, makes it feel like, ah, you know, but it's, yeah, it's I guess still a lot Audrey of fun. Two like, is, is, is a, uh, sort of one, uh, single minded character. <laughs> it's focused on only one thing. Yeah. yeah. It's not, not, that <laughs> not, not, not the most, uh, so the uh, songs aren't very yeah. varied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a simple guy, you know? He's yeah, a simple just guy. Likes, he li- just he wants blood and to take over the world. Very straightforward yeah. goals. Mm-hmm. I do like the little, I do, I still love the little, like, ah, uh, like the little, little guys. Like his yeah, little, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Plant babies. Um, and then just like him killing it with electricity. I know they reshot the ending, you know? Um, but like they're like, oh god, I guess we gotta kill it. It's just like, right, what right. kills a plant? Electricity. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's just like they didn't, they didn't feel like it does. It that's the thing that kills the plant. Like, right, um, right. it like they didn't set it up anywhere. Just like, just maybe like you know him like rubbing his like sweater together and then like accidentally <laughs> shocking it or something like that. Like they didn't do anything. Just like. I don't know. And then they <laughs> killed it. So yeah, it's like, uh, we, we got to finish the movie. We got to, because it's like, it's, we're approaching 90 minutes. We got to hurry. Um, that's how I, that's how it felt. Um, uh, yeah, some of, and just in the original musical, just like, like, like I said, just like some of the songs are just like, um, I, I prefer the track list in this mu- movie version, mm-hmm. you know, where they cut out the filler songs. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just like there's, that one filler song that you mentioned, I can't remember what it was, but, um, I feel like that one in particular, and maybe a couple of the ones that you're thinking of are like 
built in to be able to rearrange the set you know how it's like some musicals <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. oh right, we need right. to just like sing a little song while we uh move turn this wall around that's on wheels so that it we looks gotta like, get, like we know? gotta shove 10 people into this puppet <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah, that's yeah true. you gotta build some time in for that so and you don't really need that on a in a movie right. because you can just cut the to magic the next of scene. editing yeah seymour yeah. going like Shh pointing the gun at the dentist like should i kill him maybe i should maybe i shouldn't oh no like just like that's the whole song like they yeah. don't need that like um uh yeah let's uh go through our final ratings uh the way this works is we'll rate this out of 10 uh one out of 10 blanks uh jonathan would you like to go first sure yeah uh i'm gonna give it uh eight audrey twos out of 10 audrey mm. twos <laughs> that's funny for a total of 16 because it's Audrey 2, it's not Audrey. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so 16 out of 20. Incredible. Um, I don't know, I just think it's like a pretty solid and entertaining movie, and I think it does what it sets, sets out to do. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Harper, we turn to you now. Yeah, I'm gonna give it also eight out of ten uh, animated birds somewhere from somewhere that's good. Oh yeah, that's a moment. very nice. That's a moment I really liked. I forgot about that. So funny. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I just I I enjoyed it, and I you know I don't know how I'd never seen it before. I guess I just you know this was a good excuse to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it feels like a yeah, it feels like a big a, a weird blind spot in my in my movie musical uh, knowledge. But yeah, so I'm glad I watched it. I thought it was I thought it was really solid. Um, I thought the puppet work was really incredible. Yeah. I was like, y- you, Jonathan can confirm. I was like actually viscerally disturbed by it. <laughs> like I, yeah. you know, it was it was gross to me. Which I which means they did a good job. You know, if I was even, it does look like a puppet, but it was still right. like real enough. There was something real enough about it to disturb me. So yeah, um, eight out of ten. So I'm gonna give it. Nine total eclipse of the sun. Um, I'm gonna give that. I'm gonna give it that. I love this musical. Uh, I'm glad. I'm happy that I revisit by revisiting it. I, I'm not. It's not that I have to like throw it in the trash or like use a lot of quantifiers. Or, like yeah, but it's at the time. You know, like doing right, that. Yeah. Right, 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 I'm yeah. really. I'm really happy about that. Um, the cast is so funny and so delightful, and I love. I love. Um, hammy cheesy b movies like these you know mm-hmm. i love you know camp i love all that stuff i love because that's a totally that's a skill like to do camp like to right. do doing a realistic grounded thing is like a skill but also like doing camp is another skill um so i love that i love camp i love that it embraces camp um the puppetry is incredible and disturbing and like gross and um, the singing, the harmonies in this, on the song, like all the songs are bangers. Like in <laughs> like, I, I hope, I hope I didn't come across that. I, I didn't like mean green mother. Cause I think that song's <laughs> great too, but it's just like my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's pretty close to perfect. Um, I think it's not the only thing keeping it from a 10 is just like, it's not, I think the ceiling for my enjoyment is at a nine, you know, it's not like the (laughs) most transcendent piece of art, but it is a pretty close to perfect piece of art, uh, in my opinion. Um, and every, it's just so funny. Um, Ellen Green's great. Like her singing's incredible. Um, there's some real pathos and like, 
I, I like that there are two endings in that you could kind of like whatever mood you're in. You could kind of mm-hmm. like, if I want to like think about like the demise of like society and like, you know, how capitalism is like a festering wound eating us from the inside. I could watch the original and if I just want to <laughs> like, yeah, look, let, let the nice kids love each other. Then I'll watch the <laughs> the edited version. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it nine out of 10 total eclipses of the sun. Total eclipses of the sun. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> total eclipses. Yeah, yeah. I don't. There wasn't an S in the in the movie. Um. So, uh. Yeah. So thank you so much, everybody. Uh. Thank you, Harper and Jonathan, for showing up. This is like so much fun. I love this movie. I love talking about it, and I love you guys. Um. Oh. But oh, thanks, thanks for having, for having, us. having us. Very nice. Yeah. In the meantime, um. Let's go through our. I've been meaning to listen to that, and I did playlist. So, um. What is a song that you've been enjoying that you'd like to put on our Spotify playlist? Well, I guess I'll go with one from a musical that maybe a lot of people haven't seen. Um, It's kind of recent. It came out in the last 10 years or so. It's uh, called Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. And the song is Dust and Ashes. All of my life I spent searching the words of poets and saints and prophets and kings. And now at the end, all I know that I've learned is that all that I know is I don't know a thing. So easy to close off, place the blame outside. Hiding in my room at night, so terrified. Um, Josh Groban just really kills it on this song. I mean, he always kills it because he's got that incredible voice. But yeah, I I love this song a lot. It's just very dramatic. And uh, I have it on a playlist called Dishwashing Dramatics, which is a playlist that I use when I'm doing like household chores and I need something to keep me going. Um, so yeah, no, I just really love that song. It's, it's very intense and powerful and emotional. Very nice. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, the song to keep it with the, uh, horticultural theme. (laughs) I'm going to say the song Plantasia by Mort Garson. Ooh, (laughs) click. is like a kind of instrumental soothing song <laughs> um that you might play to your plants to help them <laughs> you know when that, was, when that was a thing everyone did play music for plants uh-huh. um and i don't think it would have made a difference with audrey too no audrey too does not seem like you know especially interested in music no chill. yeah i don't think the song would have soothed audrey too but plantasia Will soothe your snake plants and your ZZ plants and whatever other plants mm-hmm. you have, and they and cause them to not eat you. So I'm going to pick a song from a musical and a song that's kind of similar to um, "Suddenly Seymour." Um, is uh, she used to be mine oh, from Waitress? Beautiful. Click. It's not simple to say. Most days I don't recognize me But these shoes and this apron That place and its patrons Have taken more than I gave them Uh, nice. song's so good, makes me cry Um, just like mourning a past version of yourself who was like a little more hopeful 
Um, but also the notion that you have to carry on because you have to and because you, you're responsible for a child and there's hope and like, you know, just like forcing yourself to like kind of feel hopeful, you know, because you have to. I think it's so gorgeous and like um, uh, heartfelt. Sarah, Bur one of Sarah Bareilles' great work and I love her. Like she, she's just like so incredible. So yeah, that's my pick. Love it. Yeah, all that right. song is so emotional. It's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. way all the way up there. Yeah. Own emotions on the scale. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for showing up and doing the show. Like, anything you guys like to plug? Like, yeah. Um, well, you can follow me on <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the internet at Harping About um, on Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd. And um, you can also follow the podcast Hawkeyes at Hawkeyes Pod on Twitter, Instagram, mm -hmm. and Tumblr, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, no, yeah, just listen to our show, I guess. We're, <laughs> we have new episodes every Monday. Mm -hmm. we're, we're getting towards yeah. the end. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you can find me on Instagram and Letterbox at John Zavaleta. I post on Instagram. Uh, the last time I posted was six months ago, so I don't know how <laughs> fruitful following me is going to be. And um, yeah, and also listen to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and also Harper, like I think, like even though I don't think that sh the show's on hiatus, but like. That's the show is like something you're doing. Like you're kind of like involved in a little bit, right? Yeah. So I was the writer's assistant on That's the Show. Um, if we ever get back to doing that, I will be the writer's assistant again. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can check that out. There's like maybe 10 episodes of that. Um, it's a really cool show where uh, Mike Benner and Edgar Montplazier, who are two TV writers, are working th at working out writing a pilot together over the course of a podcast. And uh, wow. yeah, you can check that out at That's the Show, uh, yeah. wherever you find <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> yeah. We'll never have Edgar on the show, by the way. Never in our lifetime. Um, so, never. Um, Never mind. No, he would do not, it. Especially, especially not next week. Um, <gasps> so, oh, that's so fun. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. The fact that we're not going to have him. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah, yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You can follow the show at IBMTLTT on Facebook and Instagram. You could follow the, you could uh, go to our website, IBMTLTT.com. You could follow me at Andrew A. Lee on Instagram and Twitter. You could follow Ezra at Ezra.indigo. Um, you could email email us at I've been meaning to listen to that at gmail.com, uh, where you could like send us hate mail or mansplain things to us. And um <sighs> uh find the show on uh, Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars if you can. Um that's something I never say, like this is the first time I'm saying it on air. Like I but it's like <laughs> it's supposed to help. To no, say it's it out good. loud. Yeah. You're supposed to ask for yeah. it. I'm a, I'm really bad about doing that. And I used yeah. to do it, but then I gave up. <laughs> yeah. Please, please do that. Like, or just like uh, yeah, wherever you rate your shows at, like just like um, yeah, like little things like that really help a lot. So feed the uh, algorithm. Now, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not about making art, it's about like feeding an algorithm. Yes. Um free, Apple free. Apple That's is the Apple That's is the algorithm. Uh, yeah. Audrey too. It needs to be constantly app, fed. App breed too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that was a good job then? 
No. Did you like that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I, so I, we're gonna conclude. I applaud the effort. That's what's important. All right. So let's uh, conclude the episode by uh, either Harper or Jonathan writing a closing sentiment in the chat box. Three, two, one. Feed me. The algorithms. the algorithms. That's like attributed to the <laughs> algorithms. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Have a good day. Listen to Hot Guys. Listen to this show. And Edgar will never <laughs> come on our show ever. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks Love for having us. Bye.